Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, listen to what you think about the episode. If there's a future guest or a topic you'd like us to cover, we're always checking comments on YouTube and love to be able to take your guys' suggestions and then work them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be chatting with CNC Fabrication, and we're going to be talking about a 7.3 power stroke with a P-pump. I saw this on Instagram. I wanted to learn more about how they did it, the power potential of it, and the applications um, that they think it's going to be able to fit into. So when we think P-pump, we think high performance, but they have some really cool plans potentially in the future for these trucks uh, as well that you guys are definitely going to want to listen to. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide discount code for you. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save some money on some really cool gear. So if you're looking for something new for EDC or hunting, fishing, something thrown in a toolbox, they've definitely got you covered. They have a brand new line of knives, the Duralock models. They're really cool. I got my hands on a couple of them. I really like them. They The blade is D2 steel. Uh, there's a bunch of different grip textures for them, and it's really Really convenient the way that you open it the way it locks your fingers are out of the way so if you're in the market definitely make sure and head on over check them out use code 20 diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com save some money on some really cool gear all right let's get to today's episode with cnc fabrication and learning more about this p-pump 73 power stroke welcome to the diesel podcast guys i am i'm really excited to chat with with both of you um I've seen some Instagram posts and some things you guys are working on with seven threes. And I saw it maybe a couple weeks ago and I thought I've got to get Corey and Chris on the podcast to talk about this seven three. So I'm really excited. Welcome to the, uh, the show. Look forward to a great conversation. Sounds good. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I wanted to start with having you guys tell us a bit about yourself, the company and what you guys build and work on, um, at CNC fabrication. So some of the listeners who may not be familiar with you, they understand you know, what you guys do, what your what your passion is for diesel trucks. Mine kind of started out back in the early 2000s. I spent many years working at a steel mill and um, wanted to start up a side job, working, welding and fabbing, doing stuff at home. And I had a piece of crap, half ton Dodge, it wasn't enough. And I found myself a 7.3 power stroke and it's been history ever since then. I got out of the welding and fabbing pretty, it was pretty short lived just because it's so labor intensive and very hard and very, very expensive equipment. And I started to get into the, you know, turbo went bad, bought me a Garrett 38R and injectors went bad and got me some 160 30s back in the day and got an old TS chip and stuff like that you know the hydras weren't even out you know it was probably another eight years before the hydra came out and i was addicted ever since you know it, <laughs> it amazed me to be able to get that kind of a power and still get 17 18 miles a gallon out of a diesel truck and that was it i've always wanted to have a speed shop ever since i was a kid and end up deciding going to the diesel route versus the gasser what made you pick the 7.3 they were cheap back then um, I looked for, 
I used to have a brand new Cummins back in 01. And um, of course, much of the tuning technology really wasn't out much back then. It was just getting started. Um, the Duramaxes, 01, brand new year. Nobody ever had a Duramax. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to buy a diesel engine with aluminum heads and a brand new engine platform. And I found a 7.3 with really low miles. And I, I still got that truck today. It's always really cool to hear the stories. I think back to my journey in diesel, and it was a little bit later than that, like 2006 or seven, when I got into it. And I think about the perceptions like now, we almost put on a pedestal, the LBZ, the 5.9 common rail, um, you know, the 7.3, and just how much has changed over the years. And I think, you know, when I saw what you guys were doing with this 7.3, people have asked so many times, I love my 7.3. I, I want to build it for performance, but I'm maxing out the fuel system. And you guys P-pumped one. And so I know there's going to be a lot of people that are really excited to hear about the whole story behind it. So <clears throat> tell us about this project that you guys have, where where the necessity came from to do it, what the um, you know, really the, the, the end goal was with this engine build. Well, a little bit of the history. Let's go back a little bit how we... Um ended up together starting with this, you know. I was a, uh, I've been a machinist since I started my on my own in 92. My first pickup was a 6.9 diesel, you know, so okay. I'm a diesel back. Uh, and then the IDI 7.3s. So I've been, I've been playing around with them for, you know, 35, 40 years before they even had pickup trucks. So coming up, uh, people were there again and they, uh, 2007, 8, there again, where the 7.3s were inexpensive enough to play with and work on, and they were like, they didn't really have the tuning out there. They couldn't get the electrical of the Huey system to perform at the speeds uh, to get the injection like they wanted it. So that's kind of how the P-pump started from our, from my point of view. We were doing that uh, to uh, get something above, but everybody was kind of plateauing out at the same horsepower and cracking blocks. And so uh, we kind of came into the, hey, you know, P-Pump's proven it's working on the industrial ag and over the roadside, and let's see if we can make it work. And that's kind of why, how it got to this way, the challenge of making it fit. But, um, and then from then we, lots of trial and error, but um, Corey and, and I have only been in business together for about three years. He has some, a lot of 73 background. I have a lot of machine and done some P pump stuff back in uh, 2009, 10, 11, and then uh, kind of got away from it, running a business and trying to make everything go, but now I'm kind of back at it again. Um, what are some of the challenges with doing a P pump? a p-pump conversion on a 7.3 from a um you know either a machining standpoint fitment what are some things you guys had to overcome to do it well the biggest the biggest challenge obviously is you gotta uh keep the block cranking heads and everything else is different maybe other than valve covers but you gotta change the front cover mechanical drive to drive the pump you gotta relocate the turbo uh, smaller injectors, mechanical injectors to adapt them to the existing injector holes um, and to make it all the return lines and uh, just a lot of machining time that was 
trial and error, and even to this day, what we thought we knew sometimes we have to improve on and make it better because as as things wear and then more horsepower you create and you find you're constantly improving, trying to find better ways to return the fuel and supply the fuel and uh, and I hate to say this, but sometimes we rob ideas from other guys and some <laughs> other guys rob ideas from us because you're all out there trying to, you know, skin the same cat, so to speak. So. And some companies are really well to work with. I know my industry's always been in the Ford and the Ford people, obviously Ford is the hugest market as far as trucks on the road. Yeah. But when you get into the different cultural aspects of you know, the Duramax crowd and the Cummins crowd versus the Power Stroke, at least in my personal experience, a lot of the people in the Duramax world were very open um, source platforms about doing their tuning and helping each other out to write better tunes for each other instead of other other groups were very much hoarding and very secretive and, and which is understandable because that stuff does happen everywhere. But some of the other groups were a lot more open about it and helping each other to build the platform and to help compete and at the end of the day you know when you're in these um, competition venues whether it's drag racing sled pulling or wherever we're here to entertain and put people in the seats and to help keep the aftermarket performance world keep its um, relativeness so to speak you know to get younger people that are involved in it and that sort of thing so it's it's interesting. Um, there's been some other shops that, like Hypermax, we talked to Ron probably on a weekly basis, and he's always more than happy to work with us, throw ideas around, you know, the stuff that he went through and didn't really work well and stuff that, you know, we didn't really have that problem, but all that knowledge helps. <clears throat> That's an excellent, excellent point. And I was thinking... I kind of go back to the time when I first got into diesel, which is, you know, that 06 to 10 time frame. is I had a lot of the same perception is I could find that some of the ingredients to get a truck to perform, it was so hard to get the answers or people didn't want to share it, but I would find something on Duramax forum or powerstroke.org or something else. Maybe it was related to suspension and somebody would, you know, show all the information. And I think that is incredibly key to what you mentioned with getting people not just into the stands, but that younger crowd and being able to share and transfer that information because we want to see it grow and progress. And the one thing I've learned with diesel performance is it doesn't matter what year it is. The performance can be there, um, whether it's a, a 7.3, an LB7, a, you know, a newer truck, something even older. And so I think that's a really excellent point that you made. Well, the, the downside of it right now is it, it's so expensive <clears throat> to this peak pump bill. Is it's not like um, the customer is going to buy it, take it home, pulls in and out, and slap it on and put it back in. You know, it, it, it takes it takes somebody with some experience and time, and that's that's probably our limitation right now as to why. And I think it, other people that peak pump well as well. I think. Um, it was always for the higher end performance guys. Um, we're actually building one right now. We're in the process of building one for just street application for a P pump, which as <clears throat> I don't think anything has been done on a uh, professional 
level of that. Everything I've seen has been either sled pulling or, or well, actually sled pulling. I haven't seen any drag racing with it. But it would be interesting to see how that works without the glow plugs or with the glow plugs, excuse me, on a street <laughs> application. And, uh, you know, which if this can make that work, it may be a novel idea where now we're getting the trucks of the age of the OPSs and stuff where people are willing to put the money into those nice old vehicles and go to car shows and open hood. And, uh, you know, they've been putting uh, stuff in. 1071 blowers on big blocks for years and it, it draws a crowd they're not really going to use that power and so if we can make it work in that aspect where it's something that would be uh, a project like that maybe it'll be a little bit more popular that's a that's a really good point as well because when i think of the truck owners kind of life cycle is we think of the price of trucks now, and I know they go over $100,000. Um, you don't really have or don't even really want to do anything to it because you got a factory warranty. You just spend a ton of money, so you're not going to really do a whole bunch of performance <clears> upgrades. <throat> but when you can find a really good platform, you know, say 7.3, that gives you so many options with your budget for a build to put something together where it makes sense. Like now I'm going to look at, getting more capability out of my fuel system and, and you know, doing a P-pump conversion and, and all these other things. It's really exciting, I think, about diesel performance in general. And then specifically what you guys are doing with this conversion. And I wanted to ask you with this particular one that you guys have posted on, on Instagram, is it for a specific build of customers? Is it for you guys? What was the, um, what is the plan with this particular engine? This one that, He's going to be using it as a street to be able to play and have fun out on the street, but be able to turn it back up and go do a a weekend warrior sled pull here and there. He, he's he's in an area where he likes sled pulling more than uh, drag racing. So, you know, you can go to the local fairs and have fun and compete with, you know, like the 2.6 or 3.0 class, depending on whatever charger he wants to throw on it. And what's, what's nice about some of the newer stuff that even um, – Todd Welch has been working on over the years with the P-Pump parts, just generally, not just Cummins, but, you know, the live AFC where, you know, there's some adjustment there. Um, Hazley, I don't know, I think it's Hazley that's had these now where it's fairly recent, you know, they didn't have this 15 years ago, where they have the cable going where you can adjust your fuel plate from in the cab. Well, you couldn't do that stuff a long time ago. And so we can turn this P-Pump down to... 500 cc's of fuel comparing that to a huey the biggest injector they make is a few shops off the shelf will sell you like a 450 400 cc injector and it's still somewhat streetable and fun to play with but you're not going to tow you know a 15,000 boat with it that's for sure it'd be smoky pig but then you know with going back to the p-pump you can crank it up to a thousand eleven hundred cc's and go sled pull with it Obviously, your turbo is not going to like that very well, but you have that really wide range of adjustment, you know, with people like Shides that have been doing P-pump repair work and performance pumps for a long time that really got it down well. To, to transition it a little bit, I'm, I'm starting to think about the engine. And when you're able to push that amount of fuel and you're doing, you know, a complete ground-up build on the 7.3, what other components or things, maybe even challenges, 
did you guys have to face to say we're going to give this engine a ton more fuel than maybe you know the Huey system could ever do? What are we going to do for rods, the rotating assembly, the heads? What other sort of things did you guys look at for a build like this? Well, the bottom end, you know, 15 years ago, we were splitting blocks up the middle right through the tambours, even with the Huey system with, you know, of course, they were putting nitrous and all <clears> kinds <throat> of stuff on it. So um, as with all of them, the block at some point becomes your weakest link. And with the 7.3, the way it's designed, uh, once you can get the, the main line between the cam and the crank strong enough, the rest of it's very strong. So uh, we started, we had a, a, a tool steel uh, bed plate, similar to like what the 6.0 and 6.4 has, only a lot heavier. Um, I think it's, what, 100 pounds or 85 pounds or something like that. It's at least, it's about the size, about the same weight as a fully assembled 7.3 head. It's pretty heavy. And <clears throat> once we were able to keep the block together, um, of course, you can take the best ride you got and can't get weak proof. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You take, you, you, there's always a weak leg. So hydraulic and cylinder, you lose some. There's always, there's always something to cause it. So as of yet, we have not broken a factory crankshaft with the P-pump application. Or actually, the only ones I've seen broken are ones that where they had uh, timing way, way off and a bunch of nitrous and a whole bunch of other things. But uh, our our weak point now is trying to keep, uh, um, probably keep everything all together at one time. We got a lot of stuff hanging off the side now. The turbo's not mounted in the valley anymore. And so trying to, it, it gets to be a little bit more plumbing uh, than, than customary. But getting through those earlier challenges, it kind of got the strength of the block down, uh, which it, it, it's a very well-built block to begin with. So uh, once we've got the weak point fixed, that's going to help us. I think going through those, I always get really fascinated by the process of doing something you know similar to this and that it's not simply just about getting the P-pump on the engine and getting it to work. If you're changing so much about it and then the things that you overcome I, I really feel like you guys are streamlining it in a way where i i want to say i was at shy diesel extravaganza i can't remember what year it was it was a long time ago i want to say that there was a p-pumped 7.3 that i saw staging it's a 7.3 i've never heard one sound like that it was just really it's probably the best sounding kind of attention getter but i didn't know anything about it i couldn't find the information I, I don't know what all went into it and that's where like this format of chatting with you guys is so cool because i can ask you the questions and understand how it all goes together and my next immediate thought is okay where where's the turbo going um <clears throat> are they finding any weak points in the valve train now because there's so much fuel here and so much torque and how's it all kind of fitting together that I just get fascinated by that whole process and I could just sit and listen to you guys talk about it all day. <laughs> On some of the injectors to give somebody a, a reference, what we typically use are the Cummins 8.3 injectors. They call them a pencil injector. So they're not very big around. Maybe, what are they like? Maybe seven, eight, three quarters, seven eighths of inch diameter. And you're familiar with a 7.3 injector, the Huey. Those things are massive compared to your typical injectors in common rail and other old mechanical so 
that was part of another thing is to get these injectors down in the injector bore. And most injectors are perpendicular straight into the head. And the 7.3, the injectors are kinked at a, are they like 22 degrees or something? 25, like 23 or 25 degree angle, yeah. So then now you have to play with a different spray pattern. And so now it's going to go in the bowl. And then the 7.3 piston, the bowl's not centered like some of the Cummins and other ones. So your bowl's offset. Your piston angle is at a different angle. So there's lots of variables to get in there and you have to watch when, all right, you wash a set of rings down in no time if you don't have that nozzle done right. And then going back to Shides, you know, Dan and their crew, they've, they've got it down pretty good um, of getting that stuff worked out because I'm, I'm not a fuel guy like they are. Well, another thing in that aspect is, you know, there isn't a diesel out there other than some low horsepower stuff that's not a four valve head anymore. I don't care what you're working on. You know, we do, uh, I'm on the machine shop side, so whether you're doing class eight or ag or industrial, anything. So uh, when Cummins when went from the 12 valve to the 24 valve head and put the injector down in the center instead of at an angle like the power stroke or the 7.3 was, that relieved a lot of headaches that everybody was having. Uh, there's been talk of trying to make a four valve 7.3 head where the, pen, where the injector would come in the center between the four valves. Um, I've talked to several people and everybody says it'll work, but nobody's been willing to take the time and spend the money to do it yet. I'd like to do that, but it's, it's not a small task. And uh, I think if that format were to ever come to fruition, it would be uh, a, a real force, but there again, where do we stop and start and lose the customer? Right, got to find that right customer. Yeah, to, to to buy it because yeah, you'll you'll easily dump a hundred thousand dollars in R and D just to come up with that head and all of the, you know, um, your intake exhaust runner design to get the injector in the right depth to get the piston bowl machining all correct it's a lot it's a lot of work it can be done for sure but it's not cheap and takes quite a bit of time that's one of the goals with this podcast is to be able to take you know a conversation like we're having now somebody somewhere in the united states is going to hear it and they have the desire to do it like one of the things that completely changed my perception of diesel performance was six liters um, I've always been a Cummins guy at heart, and that's what I've owned. And I'd always give, you know, if I had a friend with a six liter, I always give him, you know, a hard time about it. And and they were always doing different stuff. And I've seen the progression and, and chatted with people that develop products for him. And I thought, this is an incredible trajectory that it's taken from the perception of 03 to 07 to where we're at in 2023, where they can make good power. They can be reliable. And so when we're talking you know, about a 7.3, it's one of the things I'd always hear is they're great. The last shift forever, as long as you take care of them, but you can't make any power with it. And I'm, I'm guessing with this fuel and the things you guys are doing, you're going to make power with it. And somebody out there saying, well, how much power do they think that, that this could make? So I wanted to ask you guys, where do you think that power number could fall potentially? Maybe not necessarily with this build, but in general, some of the things you guys are working on there with a 7.3 power stroke and this P-pump. Well, in the past, we have we have produced thirteen to fifteen hundred horse. That's it's on dyno. That's happened. Uh, where there was always uh, some other issue, you know, 
keeping boots on and turtles and <clears throat> oil. And, uh, originally, we had a manifold underneath the valve cover for the return of the injector. Uh, so that manifold would sometimes leak and fill the crankcase with diesel fuel. And, um, at, and that, at some point, somebody said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of spending money on it. And, and so now we've come up with other ways of, of returning fuel to the original uh, fuel supply port in the head and modifying the injector. But uh, it's, I don't know where the, where the, uh, and horsepower is going to end up doing it. Uh, we'd like to make something uh, for the street application. We'd like to make something very reliable at you know 700 to 1,000 horse, where they don't have to. It's not an ether queen. They can start it and drive it and and, and do those things. Uh, so I guess depending on the application, uh, that's going to vary a little bit. Yeah, I think. The, the perception I have is I don't think you guys have hit the ceiling yet and you guys know that there's more, but where exactly that's going to fall, we're just going to have to wait and see with some of the innovations you guys are doing. Yeah. I what Going back to your what you mentioned when you were down at Shides, was it a competition truck that you seen? Yeah, it was um, later in the day. And what color was the truck? I think it was white, I think. And it had it had a graphic on the side and I just remember it idling. And I was walking through, I thought, what is that sound? I've never heard anything like that. What, what is it? And it was just, it sounded nasty. But I, I think it was a white truck, I, I believe. Okay. I wasn't sure if maybe you were thinking about Ben Miller's truck back in the day and where he, he was one of the first ones to really push the P-Pump 7.3 and was just obliterating all the NTPA polars for a while. And, and he just, life happened. He got older and the truck sits in a barn now. <laughs> I'll have to go back and see if I can find now I'm really curious what color it was because it was a long time ago I think it was around 2013 maybe 2014 somewhere in there okay I think Ben had stopped pulling by then yeah it was it was something definitely kind of grabbed my attention I think that's like when I saw the uh the post you guys have done I was like wait I have I've either seen or heard something about this I need to talk to these guys and and learn more about it and I was kind of thinking to step back a little bit from the P-Pump is, and I talked to other enthusiasts, so I'm thinking about a Cummins guy, Duramax guy. They say, yeah, 7.3 is reliable, but they suck for making power. They just can't do it. What would you guys say are the challenges that they have? And then what do you guys do with them or offer to be able to get them up to, I don't want to say the modern idea we have of performance, but... I think so many enthusiasts, they're accustomed to that 700, 1,000 horse, like you mentioned, um, where that's what they want, or they think they want it to be able to daily drive. So what, what would you say are the challenges with a 7.3, and then what sort of potential do they currently have to you know, kind of get up to those power numbers, or I'd say even be reliable with those power numbers um, for the street? In a Huey application or the P-Pump? Let's take the Huey first and then do the P-Pump. So with the Huey... Most of a few other people have built some custom uh, 7.3 injectors to go over the typical 450 we see nowadays. I think um, I want to say Brian Robbins maybe has got a set of custom injectors like 550 or 600 cc's, and there's a couple other floating ones out there that no, I don't know if anybody has ever ran, but 
it's the injection event where the, like Chris said earlier in the beginning of the, our conversation, the Huey is just simply not fast enough on the electronics to cycle the the injector quick enough. You know, when you see tuning tables and stuff on a 7.3, the 7.3, we're in like four and a half milliseconds. And in the common rail world, they're like, holy crap, that's a ton of pulse width. You know, they're 1.5, you know, 1,500 microseconds, which is 1.5 milliseconds. And that's dumping a ton of fuel. So the quickness in there to get that much fuel in, it's, it's just in the injection system and the electronics lag time. You know, the 7 or the 6.0 got much, much better when they started using the FICM. And that's why the 6.0 is a lot more snappier of an engine off the throttle and pretty fun to drive truck, really. Well, and we're here again <laughs> trying to uh, satisfy a customer's wants not such necessarily need, but they seem to take care of their needs, but their wants. Um, and sometimes it's hard to explain to them, okay, I can't give you that 6.7 new Ford engine feel and efficiency. And, you know, you, they kind of think that you, they should be able to get that out of the 7.3. Um, so we're back to kind of the nostalgia thing. Okay, they, they like their 7.3, they want to do it. And uh, I, I think as long as the, the trucks are out there, I think we're going to be able to uh, fill either need, whether it's P-Pump or, or the uh, Huey system. Um, there has been some experimenting where guys have tried to modify 6.4 uh, uh, common rail stuff and put it into the uh, 7.3 and had some success, but I guess there's not a lot of takers with the with everything on it, but um, and to answer your question, we're kind of taking it and seeing who 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 wants to bite and grab on and go with us. You know, um, it's, it's it's hard to um, <clears throat> we're not going to be able to keep up with the, the technology that the OEMs are bringing us bringing at you know, bringing at us, but we're trying to fill the need below hey. that. I think where the potential really comes in, I don't know how long this has been going on, maybe maybe for a while, but at least on my radar, two or three years, is I, I've either chatted with or I personally know a lot of people that had a 2020, a 2021, a 2019 truck, and they said, you know, it's great, I have all this technology, but I don't want to deal with all the things that are on this truck. I'll gladly take something at less power that is less expensive for me to get into, I can modify it. I can do upgrades to it and I don't have to put DEF fluid in it. Or I don't have to wonder what this check engine light is. So I think there's a tremendous kind of switch or a lot of interest in getting some of those older trucks because of the simplicity, the reliability, the technology. And you know, on the same hand, a lot of the technology that companies have used to do upgrades on a 6.7 Power Stroke or Cummins or an L5P or LML, it's also kind of translating back to the older ones with either machining or tuning or electronics. So it's a really exciting time just to cover diesel because of that. These trucks, to me, they don't seem old. Like I used to think, um, oh, wow, you know, the, the VP44 trucks, that's last year's model. The common rail is the greatest thing. I need to go get that or... Um, you know, I need to get rid of my LLY for this LBZ or whichever make it might be. 
because of the technology with companies like yourself are doing to kind of breathe new life and, and raise the ceiling of what we can do with them? Well, we'd like to we'd like to continue to to see the older trucks. Uh, I, I see that as being our our niche. Um, uh, unfortunately, we live in the Rust Belt where everything we have there is you know half gone. <laughs> but we get some guys dragging some stuff up from Texas and Alabama and South and and uh, to watch the watch them make it something that they can be proud of and still have fun with. Uh, I, I I don't think we're ever going to win the horsepower war with it. I don't I don't think that's probably going to happen. You know, uh, but to make something that is maybe a little unique enough and different from what everybody else has, I think is probably where uh, we're going to fall in uh, with most of our customers. And uh, that's what Corey has done on his side with. Uh, his his uh his Huey upgrades that he currently does, which are actually uh, just full on things that are more uh well you can tell them what you got going on there, but yeah, it's more for the masses, kinda of like what you're talking about with the newer trucks. The technology is nice and all the creature comforts of a new truck, but we all know the pitfalls of the C P four and it is not cheap. Nowadays, you know, you can buy yourself a pretty decent 12 valve or even a, an earlier 24 valve Cummins or a 7.3 for that matter for a pretty relatively cheap price of what it costs you to replace your whole fuel system at a dealer dealership with a, a CP4 failure. It's ridiculous. And people walk in and they, they their jaw just hits the floor when the mechanic tells them it's going to cost them between ten dollars to $15,000 to replace their whole fuel system because it got some contamination. Yeah. 7.3 and a 12 valve or the older ones, you can put anything in that fuel tank and it'll run. You know, you don't have those issues. You don't have those huge repair bills like with the new ones. And, you know, it comes down to dollars and cents. Do you want to get a loan for a new F450 that's $125,000? Or do you find an older truck that's the body's in really nice shape, runs great, and you can dump, let's say, even $30,000 into this thing. You're still leaps and bounds beyond that newer truck on life of it. Easier to work on. The parts are cheaper. And it'll pull your camper or guys that like to go to the race truck and pull their Fox Body Mustang or their old school Camaro to the racetrack and stuff like that. That's what they're using for camping. You know, it, it's it's easy to throw a set of 160-30 injectors in a KC, you know, stage two turbo and a couple of other bolt-ons and horsepower for horsepower you're right there with a newer six seven i mean it's not as refined of a running engine and smoother but um nonetheless your power is there to get to where you want to go i had a, a really interesting conversation with somebody recently we we're talking about the, <clears throat> the process of being a truck owner and i relate this to my perception but when i was in my 20s i wanted to go fast i wanted tons of power I didn't care how loud the exhaust was. I'd run street tires. I couldn't drive if it snowed outside and I didn't care. And I loved it. Now I want the complete opposite. I don't want any of that stuff. I want to crank it over. I want it to start. I want to have lower maintenance. I want to have a lower cost. 
I can't use that thousand horse on the street. You know, at any one time, I'm probably using 150 to maybe 300 if I'm doing the speed limit and obeying all traffic laws. So my whole perception has changed of what do I want? And I think there's a lot of people um, that, you know, they might be in that performance side right now, but you eventually, I'm not saying you completely get rid of it because I still love those thousand, fifteen hundred, you know, 3000 horsepower trucks, but what I'm going to invest my money in, it's that reliability and the longevity is what I really look for. So I think what you guys are putting together in the focus and you guys cover a lot of it, you cover like those Huey upgrades you mentioned, and then also this P pump is you're covering several different aspects of the truck owner journey, which is what's really cool. And what I like to see, because there's, I don't think that's necessarily has been a huge focus of diesel performance speaking generally. It's always been like, here's your race parts. And then here's the things that make it look nice, or you get your lift kit and stuff, but we all kind of go through this process with them. And it's cool to see how you guys are growing with both, both sides of that process. Yeah, there's always a need for new products. You know, um, I started out my, my very first product was a crossover line. <laughs> and then it got to making some fuel line kits. And I thought about the four line feed. And this was years ago. I even talked to Dave when Swaps was still in business. And um, he said, man, it sounds like a pretty good idea. Go with it. And that was pushing 15 years ago. And now we've been doing HPOP lines. Now we're selling 10 to 15,000 of them a year. You know, I, and we can't keep fuel line kits in stock. They're they're going crazy. And um, just little stuff like that at upgrades, you know, it's stuff that Ford should have done, but you know, the, the bean counters wouldn't let them make a little bit better quality product. And like in any of the plat engine platforms that people come up with better design for products, and those those bean counters put us all in business. Oh, for sure. And I think. I think anyone listening, whether they own a 7.3 or they don't, or they just love performance, they have to go check out what you guys are doing. You guys have awesome videos and there's so many cool things you're working on. Where's the best place for them to be able to check out this engine build, maybe call in or email in or message you guys and ask questions. Maybe it's about Huey. Maybe it's about this P pump. Maybe it's something else, but how can our listeners get in contact with you? Usually, so we've got the website, it's www.cncfab.us, not a .com. I couldn't get that web domain. <laughs> <laughs> um, email us, uh, it's um, sales at cncfab.us, or myself, it's Corey at cncfab.us. Our phone number, it's a pretty nice, unique one, easy to remember, 419-636-0000. <laughs> That is easier to remember. <laughs> awesome. Chris, Chris has had that phone number over at his engine and machine shop for a long time. And I'm like, I am ditching my phone number on my company <laughs> site and we're taking that one. <laughs> I had a phone company employee ask me one time, how'd you get that number? And I said, I asked for it. And she said, they're not supposed to give that one out. <laughs> well, you got it now, so they can't take it away. <laughs> right. No, we're, uh, you know, we, we've come from two different backgrounds and we're, we're trying to get everything coming together here and, and on the machine side and Corey's innovations on his, uh, upgrades to the seven, three parts and applying some obsolete parts, which is being a big deal. 
the website is probably the best place to get it, and the information's on the website as well to contact us. Yeah, most of that. I mean, we're on social media a little bit. I'm not on as like the Facebook groups near as much as I used to be, but um, Clay. Not me. I'm not on at all. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few employees that, you know, are salespeople that take that kind of canvas, the social media and FTE, powerstroke.org, and they can kind of reach out to us. Some people like Instagram. Um, some of those we don't monitor as much. We just don't have the time to cover all of the instant messaging platforms, but the website, phone call, email, that, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Well, it was fantastic to chat with you guys today, and I appreciate you tagging us in in the uh, the Instagram post that we saw. I was really excited to talk about this and then learn more myself. I've never owned a 7.3. I, 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 I like I like the reliability of them, and so it's helpful to be able to learn from you guys and then see what you're doing for not just seven threes, but I think performance in general, like I keep going back to that truck owner lifestyle, but it made a pretty big impact on me is how you guys encompass that. So I appreciate your time today chatting with me and, you know, sharing details on this build and then the, the, the goals and the focus you have on the street performance, also the racing side and just the reliability aspect of these trucks. Well, thanks for having us. We hope to, that in the future, as the upgrade or as the progress progresses, we'll hopefully have some more some more input for you. Yeah, we've got a few more new products coming out that I've been finishing up this week. They should be on the site pretty soon, but we'll be down at UCC. You know, that's coming up here in a couple months and a lot of new stuff coming out. I've always kind of used UCC as like a like a SEMA release kind of thing, what a lot of shops do. I always try to make sure we have some new products going down there and and for that kind of thing. And yeah, hopefully we can get a few more of these as um, <clears throat> more stuff happens, more technology comes out and we got more things for people to see and talk about and get the information out there and also help on the podcast and whatnot. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money on some really cool gear, whether you need it for hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the house. Uh, their brand-new models, the Duralock models, are really cool. I've got some of them myself. The uh, the blades are made out of D2 steel. The way that they open and close, the positive feel of it, your fingers are out of the way when you open and close it, really awesome. They have a bunch of other models as well, whether you need something to you know, really work hard, throw in a pocket, or you're an enthusiast are looking for different types of blade materials, handle materials, opening mechanisms, they've definitely got you covered. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, John, J. Cole, all of our other Patreon um, supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, or on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We appreciate your support in your seven of the Diesel Podcast, and we love to hear from you guys. So if there's a suggestion that you have for a podcast episode or a guest you want to hear from, definitely make sure and reach out to us on any of those platforms. Let us know. We'll do our best to get them on the Diesel Podcast. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.